Hello, everybody. Crypto traders around the world. We're back with another episode of Crypto Talk Radio, found at CryptoTalkRadio.net, a.k.a. Basic Cryptonomics. Thank you for joining here today. My name is Leister. I'm your host. We've got a couple topics I want to go through. First, let's get the particulars out of the way, and then we'll jump right into this. Once again, that site is CryptoTalkRadio.net. That's where you're going to find all of our past, present, and future podcast episodes. The podcast is on all major podcasting platforms as well. Feel free to check that out. Let us know what you think. Link at the top says contact. Click that. Fill out the form. Come straight in. We read each and every one of those. We appreciate hearing feedback from our listeners, whether you're a subscriber or not. We would appreciate your subscription if you're a first-time listener. We again welcome you here. We think you're going to find it's completely different from any other crypto podcast that's out there. And hopefully you get great enrichment to the point that you feel like you want to spread the word out there. The last thing I'll call out is our triad membership. The triad is where we are trying to build a community of serious investors, not the kids that say the word Jeet and say the word Keck and can't half read. We're talking serious investors that believe there's something to this cryptocurrency thing and they want to talk to other grown adults, other serious people. Get away from the toxicity. Check it out on the site. Click on triad. It'll tell you about our different tiers for joining the full on triad. If you still have questions, you can join us in our discord channel. CryptoTalkRadio.net slash Discord will take you straight there. And anybody will be happy to answer any questions you may have. Given that, let's go ahead and jump right into our content for today's episode. It's a beautiful day in the crypto hood. Beautiful day in the crypto hood. Will you get robbed blind? Will you get robbed blind? Not as long as you listen to Crypto Talk Radio. Found at CryptoTalkRadio.net. My name is Leister, your host, by the way. If you're new, Welcome to the channel. I don't have significant amounts to talk about. There's a couple of big bears in the room. I don't mean bears and bear sentiment. Big things clopping around I'll talk about. But I don't have a lot of, you know, a lot of different topics. Fortunately, good. Let's jump right in. I I have personal updates. I'm going to defer them because I need to get give some time for garbage to pass. But let's go ahead and jump right in and talk numbers. So you, if you have been listening for a while, You've heard me say, I don't think we're at the bull yet. And if you're new, I'll say that I didn't believe we were at the bull. And I thought that some of our pumps were temporary at best. If you've been watching graphs. You know that Bitcoin has been down from the 30,000 peak down around the now 28,000 mark as I record this. Ethereum about 18.6. So that's not bad. And if we zoom out to the month chart, as I am apt to do, you will see way more green than red. More green than red generally indicates positive sentiment, not always. But we are seeing some climbs. It's just that the climbs are not substantial. They're, they're very small. They're incremental climbs. Ethereum's up uh, about 80 bucks-ish over the last 24 hours. 1%, shortly under 2% um, from where it was. So is, are we up? Yes, but we're not on the climb that people on certain YouTube channels swear that we are. And... I still maintain a long-term strong sentiment about cryptocurrency, simply that the, what we define as a bull run, I'm, I've said that we're way too out, I think, from anything resembling a bull run. The market cap overall in cryptocurrency is still well over a trillion dollars, so we're in a good spot from a stability perspective, just that the definition of a bull, to me, is strong, sustained, positive trending. I don't see that. I see positive. I see somewhat sustained. I don't see strong. Just to put it in clarity. 
Bitcoin and Ethereum both look great for 2024. I'm talking out, out of ways when we finally flushed out the remainder. I still see that people are a bit hesitant to go all in and people are a lot more cautious in cryptocurrency. There's been a number of scams in the short and that's good that people are a lot more cautious, a lot more tentative, a lot more studied about what's going on here. So I do think anybody who's in for long plays in the core coins, because I think they can never steer you wrong. Anybody who's in for long, I think you're going to be rewarded. I can't tell you exactly when. I can tell you that 2024 looks great. That's all I can tell you right now. Now let's talk about my topics. And again, these are just the big ones in the room right now. I... I don't know what to think about the first one. I'm going to just share my general thoughts and sentiments. So the Commodity Futures Trading Commission, this is the organization that has been in a battle with the SEC and Gary Gensler about who regulates cryptocurrencies. This organization, CFTC, the commissioner came out and said, we need to get away from anonymity with cryptocurrency. Anonymity in cryptocurrency is not the right answer because cryptocurrency is being used to fund cyber crimes. And we see that all these different tools like a tornado cash, all they're doing is furthering theft of people's funds. And what we're trying to do is we're trying to regulate in a way that gets rid of that anonymity. We'll provide you financial privacy in general, but we don't want to have total anonymity. Well, you're saying to yourself, what the hell does that mean? And rightfully so. You should ask that question. I'm going to try to translate what they're trying to say. And I'll use the banking, the current banking industry for fiat as my model to describe this. In order to have a world where you have, quote, financial privacy without anonymity, you're talking cash. Cash transactions are largely private transactions, which is why cash is king, by the way. So if I take, I actually just did this. I went down and I bought a bunch of gift cards for Steam. Now, nobody knows my name attached to that transaction. Nobody knows that I purchased gift cards for Steam. Nobody should care, but my point is nobody knows that I, my name, purchased Steam gift cards. The gift cards are not associated to my name until they're activated on an account. When they're activated on an account, they don't know where I bought them unless the card is purposely coded to a certain store. Even if they know the location, they still don't trace it back to me except that they're activated on my account. Well, if I bought the gift card as a gift for somebody else, there's no way for them to know who it was that actually purchased the card. So there's a measure of, quote, financial privacy that is inherent to cash transactions. This privacy is not inherent to when you swipe your debit card or you swipe your credit card because all of your account information is coded into the card. It immediately tracks your name, your address. In some cases, certain other information is coded on that card that then gets associated to purchase transaction history that is maintained for an undetermined period of time. So you don't know how long your information is floating around connected to transactions. So for example, let's tinfoil. Let's say that one day the government says, we want to get rid of cigarettes. So we're going to go and ask all these different businesses who sell cigarettes to provide us a report of every single person out there that bought cigarettes in the past two years. They can produce that data. It's actually available. 
How hard is it to do it? Eh, probably a bit detailed, but they could do it. The banks could do it. When you go and do a transaction at a store, it'll just have the store's name. However, the, li the line item data is tracked in the store. They have this information. So there is no financial privacy when you swipe your card, which is part of the reason why I am adamant to not swipe my card except for transactions where I simply don't care or I have no choice. I was actually tussling with buying a game, physical game, from the store. Many of the stores got rid of their uh, contactless process, which pissed me the hell off. So I have to check Walmart and see if they still have theirs because I'm not going to walk into the store. Okay, so then... I said, all right, I'm not going to do this anymore, and I'll just go down and pick it up myself, and I'll just pay cash. It's not that I care about them knowing that I bought the game in this case. It's that I think I should be able to pay cash for stuff, bottom line. If it's something where it's not sustainable to buy cash because of the price of it, okay, fine, I'll buy online, and then I have a dedicated account that's a throwaway account dedicated just for spending purposes. All of which to say, if they wanted to get to a world where there is, quote, financial privacy without anonymity, they would have to somehow create a equivalent transaction type to cash transactions. That is that the digital transaction somehow does not correlate to a bank account that ties to your name. So in other words, it doesn't necessarily, it knows who you are by way of the fact that you did the transaction, but it doesn't tie to anything else. How are they going to do that? Very good question. I don't think they can because the only way I can think of to be able to potentially do that would be similar to a gift card structure where the digital currency itself is simply applied to some sort of a separated card transaction that doesn't tie to your balance, right? So you do some sort of a distribution to some other card that doesn't have a direct connection between the transactions. Goes to a card for this one-off transaction. Some cards, some banks, some credit cards actually have this. It's called a virtual card. Now, in that case, it's all traced back to your main account. I'm saying that if they wanted to create something that has financial privacy without anonymity, they would have to create some way to allow you to disperse a subset of money that is not tied back to your balance history, not tied back to your transaction history, and it's only used for this one-off transaction, kind of like a discarding transaction itself. Are they going to do that? I doubt it because it defeats the purpose of why they're trying to do this in the first place. At least that's my opinion anyway on it. The other big news that came out recently, some time ago, there was chatter that Voyager, who was about on the verge of shutting down, was going to get absorbed by Binance.us and thus salvage their failure. And then we heard some news that said, we're getting close and this is going to happen. Very recently, apparently Binance US said, screw that, we're not going to do it. And they did it because of the current regulatory climate around the United States. So it wasn't that they don't want to do the acquisition. They believe the regulation being so uncertain is causing them a little bit of hesitation as to whether or not it's worth doing it. Now, apparently some of the creditors behind both sides on this were pushing back. They were saying, we don't like this. We don't think it's a good idea. We don't think we're going to get our just, you know, re, you know reimbursement off this. And so we need to go a different way and do something else. It's not going to work. If you're one of those that's in the United States like I am, you may not be affected by this. I don't use Binance.us because I think they're garbage. They've been sitting out on my approval, my uh, KYC approval for two years now and haven't responded. So I said, screw you. I'm going to go a different way. 
But if you use Binance.us, this doesn't directly affect you. If you were in Voyager and had funds locked or frozen, this may affect you because it may mean that you either don't get any money or you get less of the money. But the big picture of the impacts is Binance has been looked at as the go-to for bailouts. And I say bailouts in quotes. Some of these failing organizations and trying to save them from their failure, Binance has stepped up to say, we can do it, we can do it, we can do it, do, 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 do. Unfortunately, Binance themselves has been under major scrutiny from the United States government. That scrutiny is part to blame for why they're now backing out of deals this way. And this is causing somewhat of a bearish sentiment as they're not confident in going all in on cryptocurrency like they might do if it turned out that we had some recovery of assets for those that lost it. So the regulatory climate in the United States is having a downstream impact, somewhat of a domino effect on the industry at large because it affects price movement overall. You can't really get away from it. Everybody's affected because if you're trying to invest and you're hoping to get a return, this is why I said and have constantly said, I don't think we're at the bull. Because again, you've got all these different news things coming out that cause people to be a little bit skittish and they don't want to go all in. They don't want to take the risk. They're very risk averse, rightfully so. But if you're one of those that's a risk goer, you love risk and you love to gamble, for you, you can play it how you choose, but I've always said the conservative approach is the right approach, in my opinion right now, because of the uncertainty. See, it's different if you know what's happening, right? We knew FTX crapping out, Luna Classic crapping out. We knew all these things that were certainly failures. They were definitively failures was going to cause a negative price movement. With something like this, we expect it'll have a negative price movement. We don't know how long it'll sustain. We don't know what its outcome is going to be. We don't know if there's going to be a resolution. People might say, let's go ahead and go with a centralized exchange and put some shorts in there and make some profit. That's a strategy. It's a viable strategy for those that it makes sense for. I would never advocate it, but for some that may make sense. For me, I always take the conservative approach and kind of sit back and watch. I still have my investments and I haven't changed very much of them, frankly. The only one that I've been keeping my eye on is C plus charge, which I'll give an update here shortly about everything else. I've been largely steady state because I'm waiting to see what happens once the core coins start going on a run, because once Ethereum goes on a run, once BNB goes on a run, once phantom goes on a run, AVEX goes on a run, then I want to see what happens to the price movement of all these tokens paired to liquidity, irrespective of all these announcements. Cause if it's true that they just need to benefit off the price movement of the cores, then that means everybody's going to profit at some point. Like I said, 2024 looks like the most viable and it's just a waiting game in the short. Then you can look for opportunities where something is a new launch, but it's benefiting off that run-up and possibly makes more profit that way. Or you might have a strategy that just says, I am going to just play the game on the centralized exchanges and call it once and done. All of these are viable strategies and nobody can tell you the right one because there is no right one. It depends on what you want to do. So C plus charge, let me give you an update on this one. So here's what happened. It launched off its pre-sale. It, apparently there was some drama. So some people were allowed to take their pre-sale tokens out. It spiked up to like, I think it was pre-sale to like a penny and two pennies. And then it spiked up to like eight cents and then it crapped. Now the thing is, after it crapped out, it's been holding steady volume of about 200,000. It spiked to about five, 600,000 very recently. It's never gotten back to the penny mark but it's holding reasonably steady. Some people think it was a scam because of what happened with the pre-sale. I noticed some liquidity issues where the liquidity is really low. Like we're talking $70,000 in liquidity. It's really low when you have hundreds of thousands in volume. 
So I've still been watching it though. And when it did a spike, a pretty decent spike, I took profits. So I got my initial investment back. So everything else that's in there is play money as far as I'm concerned. So I'm going to continue to watch this thing and see if it goes back to where it was. Allegedly, they're going to go on Wobi, the next exchange, and then we're going to see some pumps, but there's still a lot of holders. There's a lot of people who have, not a lot of holders, but holders have a lot of tokens, I should say. There are a lot of people that have like a million of these things each, which is interesting because it only has like a billion of supply. <laughs> so you got to think, you know, some of these people are going to really dump off the project and it's not going to go anywhere unless they can get some serious, serious volume. So to keep you safe, it's one of those I'm going to just sit and watch with my throwaway money. Now that I made my money back separately, I'm watching all the core coins to see if we're going to get a run up, when we get a run up, and then I'm just making profit off those and playing it from there. I am not cashing anything out anytime in this period because I want to wait and see this thing through. I want to see what's going to happen. And I also want to see if we do get a run up, let's say Q4, I want to see if some young upstarts start putting some attention into this and we get some launches that are worth a damn. I, again, stay away from sketchy, crappy products and projects. But this case, there may be some good ones that come out of this. I haven't seen the same level of interest in new launches that I saw way back in 2021. I think that's a good thing, in my personal opinion. But for me, I watch it, I'm patient, I'm waiting very cautiously. And again, if it seems like, if it seems like I'm taking a passive approach to it, there's, there's a method to my madness. The method is I make a lot of money on my regular endeavors, a lot. Very, very close to half a million dollars. I make a lot of money. So I don't, for me, crypto is not a means to get wealthy. That means I can take an unbiased approach to how I provide you information. It means I don't have a profit motivation nor a greed motivation. I'm intrigued by it. And I use the analysis to try to share some information that I think is of value to other people to help create strategies for those that do want to try to make a little money off of it. But just to be clear, certain enough people on YouTube, they're trying to make a business out of this. They're trying to turn cryptocurrency into their next million and people like BitBoy, right, who did make millions off the stuff. Cool. I am not one of those. And I want to be clear. My messaging has no lean, has no lean positive negative. I can say a project's crap because that's because of what it is. It's crap, right? But for me, the pro there's no profit motivation for cryptocurrency for me. I make both tons of cash on my regular work. So I am good. I'm good. Hopefully, the information I share and have shared has been to a point helpful for you to make your own decision about what to do. There have been some people who have echoed that they were disappointed that I don't promote, quote unquote, or that I don't recommend certain specifics. I may cover the underdogs. The thing is, there haven't been many underdogs that are worth covering, fortunately. But I'm not here to tell you what to go find or go project to buy in. I'm not here to do that. I'm here to share the numbers and hear the basics. And I've said that the core coins for now, in my opinion, are the best place if you're going to invest for now. Not the garbage that's out there, not the memes that are out there, not the trash that's out there. And unfortunately, there's a lot of those still. So if you're one of those that's looking for somebody to tell you what to get in, I'm sorry, it's not going to be my channel. It's not going to be my podcast at all because I think it's unethical to tell somebody to get into something. We can do coverage as in something I think is worth your time. That's why I'm talking about C plus charge and you're free to check it out yourself. 
c-charge.io if you want to check it out yourself. I can't tell you whether it's good or not. I can't tell you if it's a scam or not. I can't tell you if it's going to make you any money or not. All I'm saying is I'm looking at it. It intrigued me. I put a little money. I made it all back. Now I got throwaway money to see where it goes. That's about the extent of the type of coverage I'll give. Because in the new world that we're going into, and we are going, we're headed there full speed ahead. In the new world, I believe we've got to get more mature and get the kids that say the word jeet out of here and get strong, solid people behind this crap. Because if we don't, that's what's triggering the Gary Genslers and the Janet Yellens and everybody else in the world to keep talking about all these crackdowns and lockdowns and garbage that we don't want, that you don't want. You don't want that smoke. When we see Binance US backing off deals, when we see people's funds getting frozen, when we see all these poof hair things, and at some point, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children over the ages of 18, we've got to get more mature about this thing. And that's why I'm so adamant in how I do the coverage and what I'm sharing here all of these things, these two things I just spoke about, they are symptoms of the fact that there's too much of the desire to just find the next crap to throw money and gamble. And that's how it's perceived by the regulatory system. If you're not in the United States, you don't care as much. And I understand that. But you still should care. Because if the United States starts cracking stuff down, you're going to lose a significant chunk of money. And if you lose that money, it hurts the whole industry. Do you understand? We have to get more mature at this garbage. If we don't, none of us are going to really make any money at all, even if you're like me and not trying to get rich off of it, but still trying to at least make a little bit of something because generational wealth can't hurt anybody. So thank you once again for those that do appreciate the show and those that listen in and the long-term listeners we got out there. Shout out to Frantic, by the way. But if you're one of those that, again, is disappointed because I'm not covering specific projects to the detail that I might do if I were a YouTuber, I implore you to possibly find another show. I'll tell you, though, right now, I'm, I believe I'm the largest freaking crypto podcast that's out there. So, doot, doot, doot. That's going to do it for today's episode of Crypto Talk Radio, found at CryptoTalkRadio.net. I want to thank you for listening here today. I know you have choices, whether you're a new listener or a subscriber. We appreciate each and every one of you. Check out our site, CryptoTalkRadio.net. We have a contact form, the link's at the very top. We'd love to hear from you and how we're doing and what you like or what you don't like. We read each and every one of those. Also, check out our triad. The triad is a community that we're working to build forward of smart, strong, smart investors, the ones that want to lead us into the next generation of cryptocurrency to evolve cryptocurrency into a more mature investment strategy for people, help people as they're growing and they get into this space. We don't want the ones that say the word Jeet and the ones that say the word Kek. We want the ones that treat this as a serious thing. Join us on our journey. Until next time, take care, be safe. Please don't YOLO into projects, any project. It doesn't matter what it is. Be smart with your investments. Make sure you always keep a roof over your head, food on your table. Your family comes first. Don't get stuck in this. Our goal is to try to help keep you safe, but we're only an informing source. There are a lot of sources out there, some of which are not really looking out for you. They're looking out for themselves. So always be careful with the advice that you take and what you do with that information is up to you, but just be smart about it is all we ask. See you next episode.